That's right up your alley. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, Dennis, uh, uh, good, uh, happy hour evening to you, my friend. Hey, hap, hap, happy hour, thank God. Amen. Laughing. Here we are. This is the, this is the, the first belly laugh I've had all day, so it's good to... And all it took was to look at your funny fucking face. It's good to move that belly. Oh, God. Well, here we are. So I've got and, some uh, stories from this week, and I hear yeah. you do too. So, Well, I will tell you this, just a bit of COVID business, is that Michigan's young people, of course, went fucking crazy. One bar alone is responsible for 88 cases that the governor shut down again all bars and restaurants that serve inside. If you're outside, you can still serve only outside, but you close it all down again because everything spiked. Number of cases, number of hospitalizations, a percentage of morbidity, which they still don't report on. Right. You know, it, it's they want to they want to talk about now. At least they're talking about the rate of people catching it, mm-hmm. right? Which is important, but it's more important how what percentage of those? What's the rate of those who have to be hospitalized? In other words, more right. are getting. Is it more serious or less serious? Is it weaker? Is it stronger? I, we, I know I've ranted about this before. I, this is such fundamental data right. that we know they have it, and yet they don't. They don't. It's like more than what we can handle when we're we're just as thirsty as we can be. I'm so thirsty as I could be for facts, and I'm not getting any. I think I'll drink a Smitix instead. Mm. Smitix, red ale, Irish made. Oh God, it's good. <laughs> I saw a Twitter thread today that got retweeted a whole bunch of times that was talking about the basic data analysis and something I think they called like the Simpsons effect, probably not about the program. But if you take averages of the uh, new cases and the hospitalizations and stuff from around the country and you compare that to the deaths, you don't get the real cause and effect causality to it because... Even though all of those, everything is going up except for the deaths, which Trump, of course, is happy to talk about. Oh, the, the deaths are going down because of the young people, the young, strong people are getting it. No, this, this Twitter thread talked about how, no, actually, if you look in more with more granularity at the individual counties or the cities or whatever, that actually the death rates are going up as the as the yes. cases are going up. But that, yes. that we have this sort of fallacy that if we average everything together, then we, we, the we get the wrong big picture. Well, and, and the, the, the basis of that, of course, is the use of the word average. And what people don't understand is that what that means is that about half of all the cases are a little less than that, and half of the other cases are a little higher than that. And that it's on a, it's, it's on a bell curve. It's at a certain point. Ding dong. Where, huh? Ding dong, which is dead. Which <laughs> or which? The wicked witch. Ding dong goes the bell curve. Yes. Anyway, yes. Ding dong, the bell curve goes down. It goes up. It goes. Ding dong, the goddamn bell curve goes. Hi ho, hi ho, hi ho to restaurants. We won't go. We won't. We won't go no more. Whoa, whoa! That took a turn. Shit. It did, <laughs> it did but you know, hey. Complex data analysis hour. or happy hour sing along. Happy hour sing along. Hey, I talked about Mitch Miller growing up in the 50s with Mitch Miller. And Mitch Miller, you've said to me before, well, you know, it's interesting. One one episode I ended doing a little bit of a of the tune 
for a Beach Boys tune, and you told yes. me later that you couldn't believe that it was exactly the, the right key. Yep. Well, this is why in the 50s, when I was seven, six, seven, eight years old, learning to read, could follow things of that nature, whatever, whatever age I was, then whatever acuity I had. Mitch Miller had albums that I could read that they had a booklet in them, and in the booklet, the little notes went with the words. So you could hear it and read it, and if you understood up, the, the when the notes go up, it means your voice is higher, but right. you can hear it, so you don't have to make it up. You don't have to read the music, but you learn it. Mm -hmm. And so when you watch it on television every Sunday, and the people came out to sing the song that Mitch Miller was directing with his little baton, like Lawrence Welk, except very different Mitch Miller and Lawrence Welk, but the same type of, of, of conductor, the, their job. But on the TV, while they were singing, it came up on the screen, and there was a bouncing white ball that hit the right part of the yep. word with the music. And that's how I learned to, at a very young age, in the 50s, read and rhythm. basically be able to read you know, basic music and understand the, without knowing anything about it pitch and tone and nuance very cool and kids can mimic that's the first part of learning i think mm -hmm. unless you're mccauley culkin and in that case that's all you ever done is mimic okay well that will be in the show notes i've never heard of mitch miller but the wikipedia entry will be so so just before we leave that and then we may never come back to it again but one of the one of the tunes i sing to my granddaughter but i had i had i have to change the lyrics <laughs> And I and of course change the name to to, to to suit my granddaughter, but but it goes Rosie, Rosie, tell me your answer true. Yep. I'm half crazy over the love of you. That was a Mitch Miller. So I know that's awesome. on the screen. It won't be a stylish marriage and the white ball going mm -hmm. so that you could read it and hear it and you've got people singing it, et cetera. Yeah, but, I think that I think that that technique of the bouncing ball has for, less so in recent years, but I think it's ubiquitous enough that most of our four listeners will have have seen something like that. And well, I, I don't know, and in, in, if there's been much of an improvement in that. No, I mean you've got uh, karaoke, exactly. but karaoke is not not for that. Like the the way the bouncing ball is very nice in accenting the rhythm, much in the way that I guess the conductor's wand would come up yes. and down. Yes, yes. If the, the thing about the bouncing ball and focusing on the words rather than the rhythm, without even knowing it, the rhythm is are, there too. You are singing right. the the words, the tune, the syllables, and there's all sorts of rhythm to it. Right. But you're you're feeling the rhythm, but you're not even thinking about it. You're just you're just because it's the words. Right. You want to know the you get the words right. But anyway, so it would only be better. Wow. If you could also smell something different, right? Because smell is the strongest sense and the one that you remember most strongly because when you do remember smell, if it's strong enough, you will actually smell it again. Uh -huh. So here's the thing. We, get, we sell this thing <laughs> that when it hits the word, the white bowel hits the word, uh -huh. poof, comes out of your microphone or your computer somehow, you'll figure that out, uh -huh. and it, it then affects you and you you just you, you you learn you learn the tune well i mean i've got and an i've got an idea for the perfume that comes out when we sing rosie rosie but the rest of it you know so it, it it may be that let's say that let's say that there's a back rhythm that that to rosie rosie goes now with that going on when it goes ah, that's one smell 
the thing about uh, smell just and it might be what it might be is a a flowing smell like lemon sweet lemon through that and then when it goes to the next verse but the chorus right is one smell and that's that's start... better doable than than with actual notes the the, the problem with the olfactory uh, system is it's you have what you call habituation where you know how you go into a place and it really stinks and then you're there for a couple of minutes and then you it doesn't That's really bother you anymore uh, because it's coating the inside of your nostril right so the urine and the fecal odor of the grotesque bars that we've been to well i was or you know if you go into a lovely botanical garden it's lovely when you enter and then after a while you don't notice it anymore so i think we have i think there's a I don't know that our brains are that good at detecting discrete odor so, di- so dis- differences. The other thing is, is that, of course, it causes a, a, a literally, I mean, you aren't going to create a app that makes the shit come up through the microphone. But if you had an instruction booklet and you pressed a certain color at a certain time that you got a certain odor, you might in one song have only three different odors, which just reminds you and of you, the words. And you, and sell it, you sell it with a kit. And when the screen turns oh. red, you pick up the red thing that you got from the kit for this thing, and you hold it to your nose. And then when it turns green, you pick up the green thing, and you hold it to your nose. Or no, it's just, it poofs out. You don't hold it to your nose. It poofs out. It's got a little tech, technique to it where ah, okay. you just press a button, it poofs into your poofs into your face. and you're So now you're reading it. You're seeing the balls. You're getting the smell. It's the whole experience. Okay, and so this is... We'll learn it right away. Now that we're all wearing masks all the time. Maybe there's a there's a there's sort of a thing that you put over your mouth and nose when you're playing the song on the app, and it's all just little micro doses of stuff that's getting hey, poofed hey, off in hey. your. We make a new mask that has a kazoo sticking through it, sealed. Right. So that now, when you when you're speaking and you're trying to speak, right. you can punctuate nice. your speech with any sound of a kazoo. Okay. So you say, "How are you?" And instead, you do the kazoo, and it goes. Ah, ah. Right. Hey, hey, hey. Kazuvid 19. Kazuvid 19. Yes. Out of Kalamazuvid. Yes. We've got now, this. Kalamazuvid. 19 different tunes, 19 different ways to say, I wish it wasn't true. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll, we'll get in trouble. You can't make we fun need... of this shit. It's too, it's too fucking sad for too many people. We need, no, yeah, yeah. We need some, some marketing help on this, on this project, but it's a... It's a thing. I had uh, some trouble this week. Well, before we listen to it, let me tell you this. That's about the solution, yep. So tell me about your week, now that you're chugging directly out of the doer's bottle. Right. That's okay. That's a good thing. I'll take some in a minute. Go ahead, though. Yeah. So I noticed normally my main work computer is a laptop but I like have it up on a stand and with it connected to two monitors and I look like I'm a serious hacker when I'm doing my work. And a couple months ago, I noticed that whenever I told my computer to do a really heavy calculation, I would hear from my computer this sound that was like, it reminded me of when you turn the radiator on and the metal is expanding and it put uh, these, these abrupt, click, click, click. Uh, yeah. so it's actually this, the metal expanding. Makes right. that noise. That's what I just said, yes. And, oh, you did say that. Okay. And yes, you did. I missed it. So anyway, I was this this sort of wor- worried me, but because my computer is normally on its little stand, I normally don't use it like as a laptop, either on my lap or on a desk sitting flat. And the other day I was doing that, and I took my computer and I set it on my desk, and it didn't sit flat. 
Like it sort of oh. uh, rolled around like a... Uh, like it like, was swollen. Yeah, there was a big bulge underneath. And, Expanded metal. Yeah. So, and apparently this is a thing that happens with, especially MacBooks, but in general with laptop batteries across computer lines, really? is much like the prostate after 50 years, the battery starts to grow and causes, you know, trouble. So, <laughs> and so I, so I, I, I reached out to Apple support and I said, uh-huh. I said, Hey, my computer no longer sits flat because I, and I, from Googling, it looks like this is a thing that happens when the battery expands Right. and Apple support wrote back to me. Oh my God, turn it off. Do not turn that computer back on if, until you can get it looked at because it oh will, God. it will burst into flames. And there oh are, there are videos of, of like a dark office with some computers and a laptop there. And the laptop just bursts into bright white fire. Like batteries sometimes will, will do that. Explode, right. Yeah. And so I was like, it's the people, right? Well, uh, spontaneous combustion, right? Yeah. I'm sure you have some stories about that, but we'll save that for later. Yes. And so I immediately turned it off and called up the local. And then I called up the local Apple place. And by local, I mean, it's a two hour drive away. Yeah, and they said, "Yeah, we can fix it for mm, six hundred dollars or something." Yeah, well. and you know, this is a three thousand dollar computer, so that's yeah. you know twenty percent or whatever. And so it's so I was like, yeah, okay. Anyway, so I was going to have to go and, and drive there, but my wife, who had taken this week off of work, in theory, to be with us in America, but not so much in practice, she canceled right she said well actually i have a thing i want to do in that in that particular city i'll take it for you and so she did and she got it done in one day yeah she got it or dropped off left. she got it dropped off in one day and they yeah, said yeah. this is going to take a week uh-huh. so that's working good here so what working just fine yeah so so i went back to this older laptop that is tiny 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 it's the smallest macbook that apple has ever made it's it's super cute like a lot of the apple pundits call it the macbook adorable because it's just so cute, but it's really underpowered and isn't that powerful of a computer. But if portability is what you're looking for, it's the way to go. So anyway, that's what we're recording on now. We will see if this works. It's 12 inch, I think, is the is the measurement. So, but 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 this thing is super super thin. Oh, okay. it's, yeah, it's okay. impressively. I, I know, I know what then. I yeah. know what you mean. Yeah, right. So and and there's only one port. Apple was like, "Fuck all the ports. We'll just we're just gonna put one port." So if you want to charge your laptop. And do anything else, you can't. Sorry. So at the moment, I have my microphone plugged into the one port, and I'm running on battery power. So that's just Ah, the only option that you can do. That's stupid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So anyway. Make it thicker? Right, exactly. Right, exactly. So they went, you know, full minimalist. And it doesn't power any any of my external monitors. And put a a, a plug in it, and that it splits it? there, there There are what are called dongles. Uh, things that you can attach and then plug different things in. I don't particularly have any of those. Have you never heard that word dongle? It's pretty fucking funny the first time you hear it. Dongle. Dongle. Dongle in the bungle and do it in the jungle. And just stay away from my bunghole in the jungle. Exactly. So. What's it again? Dongle. <laughs> dongle. D-O-N-G-L-E. So anyway, that's but what, what happened was this computer is not powerful enough to do any of my work work Ah, because because i have to run i have to run basically the whole website that i'm working on locally so that i can make changes and and stuff uh somewhere to work or rent something so this is where it gets 
nerdy interesting to me. I looked around for options and these days it's really, really cheap and easy to get a computer in the cloud. And oftentimes it's not a physical computer, but it's a virtual computer that they're mini running on the same machine. And they can create this, this like entire server that you control everything about. And it's like you had a computer back 20 years ago, when you wanted to start a website, you had to go and buy a, a, a computer. Normally they're these like flat ones that go into a rack and then find a rack that you could rent space in and plug your stuff into and then pay for that bandwidth and stuff. And these days you can go and for as low as like $10 a month, have this computer that you can then, you know, connect to and configure however you want uh, to do whatever. And so I looked into this and I, it turns out I happen to have some, some credits with a, with one of these companies that provides this. And so I was able to set up a pretty sweet little virtual machine that I can then connect to. And I set it all up to run the website and stuff that I, that I work through on through your computer, Th through my, through my weak computer. So I went, your weak computer goes to the starburst. Right cloud and my capability my commands that i type are being run yes. on the on the supercomputer right wow. so wow but then there's a way for me to actually connect my development environment such that all because modern day development environments do a bunch of stuff where as you're typing it makes sure that that you if you think that a, that a variable is a number and it's really a, a boolean then it will immediately tell you hey you're you're making a mistake here Anyway, that can actually run on this on this strong computer, and then just display it to me on my on my dumb computer, which is pretty freaking cool. And it and it really calls into question, like there's for computer. There's there's clearly a future where we go back to, you know, the original dumb terminal, where the thing that we're typing on is just a screen and a keyboard, and the actual processing is happening somewhere else. Somewhere else. And right. it really calls back into question the, the need to unplug your your memory drive <laughs> right from your dumb terminal and take it to a, a real computer right. hooked up and, and, and go from that's what we do in prisons so that the uh, prisoners don't have access to the internet, but they do have access to computerization and learning. Interesting. It's the third one of three primary skill sets that are related directly to rehabilitation. And it's called finding information in the information age. And it's right behind reading and math. Whoa. It's actually the third chapter, if I have this right, of GED, which is, and, and there's like 16 of these. Yes, question? Should you maybe close that door so we don't hear your family? <laughs> question. Slam. Yeah, so that was my, that's been my week adventure. And it's a learning adventure because it's like, if I can rent a really strong computer out there somewhere, then not only does that make my hardware needs a lot lighter, but it means that I can work from anywhere, right? I could go yeah. and I could go to your computer and fire up my my right. my development environment and and be productive in a I way that. I worked in a cloud environment, and the accessibility and the dexterity, the depth, the breadth of it was astounding. And mm -hmm. we could create what I would call file cabinets, and then drawers in the cabinets, and then personal files in the drawers, mm -hmm. so that people understood. This is where you found the case notes for yep. prisoner X, whatever, right? And so many possibilities. But the people who work for the Department of Corrections wouldn't do the work to put the stuff in there. They wouldn't learn it. They wouldn't do it. They failed to create a rule to do it. Mm -hmm. The supervisors didn't make people do it. 
we went through it twice and all they had to do was go to the cloud and double click and enter and type just double click and double click and double click mm -hmm. and there's a form on your screen and it says notes it says date type in the date and and total lack of discipline you and i and so many people maybe some that are listening one of the two or three out there who can't understand that because we're so in love with technology and mm -hmm. with the capability to just fucking click around and yeah. and learn shit you know one good click deserves another amen and, huh amen one good click deserves amen. another hey hey is there a song in there it's on you hey how you doing with your electric guitar you playing it at all i just wanted to go back briefly to a lot of the technical support that i have to do for family and friends boils down to read what it says on the screen and do what it says like people are just like oh now what do i do it's like well does it say does it is it asking you a question and are there two possible <laughs> answers you know it's just the the unwillingness to yeah. interact with the thing yeah yeah so i created i created a form and this is old school but obviously it, it, you could interpret it into immediate improvements with the current technology but picture a, a word document that is uh, it's a box it's two boxes and it's on the screen and the more you type in the box the bigger the box gets and it goes page after page it's just it's just a word document mm -hmm. and in one box you can't do that it says date and then the box under that it has notes and then there's things you can click and check and and, and, and write i know about forms that's yeah. all they had to do this was online go there have a meeting and in the box that says question one read the question to the people who are there and write down and what then they say record their answers below mm -hmm. take notes and then later go in and clean it up mm -hmm. but here are the questions take two minutes on this one three minutes on this one and you could work through a 60-minute agenda the fidelity to that plan after 12 years is fucking zero nobody followed that nobody wow. and and how do you how do you make it easier just turn on your computer open the file type in the date and then write in the words no no so finding information in an information age as one of the top three variables that actually the data shows that it makes a difference in your earning power mm -hmm. if you can take care of those three things not at the expense of all the other chapters in the GED universe, all, all of which, you know, have their place. But take care of these three. But knowing how yeah. to navigate a computer interface and, you know, knowing that, oh, when this happens, I need to go and click over here. That's, I say that's not intuitive, but then you look at children do it and it's kind of crazy stupid how easy it is for them. But it's, yeah, it takes, if you have a an adult brain that is already solidified and isn't that plastic anymore for learning new things. That's a tough ask. So I know a thing or two about forms. Are you familiar that my, my most, the source of my most internet fame revolves around web forms. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know that. So I didn't, well, so, you know, as the last story indicated in we're using word document mm -hmm. as instant access, understandable, easy to, 
to do. Mm -hmm. Double click, you're there. Right. The improvements now would make this even faster. Sure. And more. And if you if you if you got a thing wrong, it would say interesting. Right. Right. And, Colorful. And you can do yeah. You can make forms way more fun these days with the with the web for sure. Yeah, and and nonetheless though it's the same basic thing. But but the the bottom line is that people. This is what we teach: is people gotta they gotta understand. We're gonna count what you're doing. We're gonna numerically we're gonna figure out a way to numerically record whether you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So if your job is to teach a class, is that why they call it accountability? How many? What? That is a dirty fucking word. I'm sorry. That is a dirty word in the world of government. What did you say? I I I said, God bless America. That's better. You wanted them to you wanted to take away the Confederate flag. Yeah. Which you did in Mississippi. There'll be hell to pay. There'll be a reckoning. So I wrote down a there will be a, a reckoning. Well, I reckon. They're gonna they're gonna be a reckoning. So I wrote down a couple of the, the things that you sent me over the over the week that I watched while I was waiting for you to arrive. One was a video of Nina Simone. And oh, this, in, over the last six months, I've been on a real Nina Simone kick. Like no. so, something happened and I've, oh, I've been yeah. listening to her to her whole, her whole catalog and I went and I read up on her Wikipedia page and I watched, there's a Netflix documentary about her. It all back to me, bro. And how did, she, I, how did I come across? She is, she is a fucking amazing North Carolina native who just did these amazing concerts in the in the 60s like she she played radio city music hall in the 60s and i'm sure there were many times where she had to use some door that that she couldn't use the white people's door right yeah. to get in to get in to perform yeah. for thousands of people and so what did i send you she was doing suzanne was the song live, suzanne live from live in rome uh, was what it was but so First of all, I was on a Nina Simone kick, and then I heard this podcast. There's this podcast called Strong Songs. It's this super music nerd that takes pop songs, but they're often pop songs that you might not have heard of, and goes on a really deep dive into each of the sections of the song and each of the instruments in the song and what they're doing and how they combine together to make the song stronger. Hence the name, hence the name Strong Songs, I imagine. There will be a link to this podcast and this episode in the show notes cool. at happyhour.fm slash 066. But he did an episode about uh, Nina Simone's live performance of Sinner Man. Oh. And it is amazing the way she, like, and then later, like in the documentary, she says, the, only, the, the truest freedom I've ever felt was being on stage and just being one with the music and just in that total flow state of letting everything go and being the music. Uh, so it, in the in the video yeah. that I sent you, the link I sent you when she's singing Suzanne by Leonard Cohen, she is, her movement yeah. in the song becomes extraordinary, but it's always fluid. And the, the song is something that she's building 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 into and at one point she's over she gets to the point where she just wants to pull the mic out of the mic stand yeah. and just start to twirl with the hand in mic and the and the cord and she looks at the side stage and she's singing and she says in the song this mic doesn't come out does it 
<laughs> I, and she I don't never recall that misses a beat, right. and she continues with it. And then what she does with the fact yeah. that she can't remove it from the stand, she immediately adapts and goes into a rhythm. But that strange moment, side stage moment, wow. when she glances over, it was so striking to me because I realized, oh my God, what's coming next? And and what she ended up doing at the end of the song with the reality that she couldn't hold the mic without the stand, it, it's, it, 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 adds, it adds to it. Nice. And Leonard Cohen, of course, smiling down from, from musical heaven and, and just loving the fact that we're, we're, we're discovering this. Right. And he'd be the first to say, it was the shit. It was better than anything I ever did. Yeah. He would say that. She, he would say that she was just amazing and everything. I, what I didn't notice from that video was, one time she was like she moved really far away from the mic and she was singing back here and it just like sounded like it sounded okay, but she was further from the mic than she needed to be, and it was uh, just impressive. So I will share that with people. Oh, and it's just fabulous in black and white. I mean, it's it 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 is a it's kind of a reminder of how. As you said, she said, it's so that music is immersive. And when we realize as we listen to her and watch her, particularly in this case, watch her, too, because I don't think there's a way to imagine Mm -hmm. this. If you've seen it and then you hear it, you certainly can imagine it because you just remember it. But without saying it and listening to it, you wouldn't have the idea. So the 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 uh, visual aspect of it is is commanding. But. As we see the degree that she's immersed in it, so do we. And as we do that, we end up, like her, in only one place at one time, which we don't ever do. We're always in two or three different places. Something's gnawing us to take us to the next minute, something gnawing us about what happened in the last minute, and then right in the middle of it is the here and now, and we're there, we have to be there, but we're never fully there we can concentrate and try to be there we can meditate we that can is the, that is the goal of meditation yes of course and we've s- said before we've spoken before about there's things that help us there mm-hmm. waves the blowing of wind through leaves the crackling of a fire these are things that for time immemorial have helped people and why do people all gravitate to that and love that is because it is at the essence so when she sings and takes us there we have that and it's the same reason because all of these things, the waves, the sound, the rain, the wind, the leaves, they all have a rhythm. And that rhythm may be syncopated or not syncopated. It may be surprising or it may not be surprising. Mm-hmm. But no matter what, it's very clearly something that we understand and we can go to and we can feel. When we get there, we're happy. What helps us there? Killian's helps us get there. Any legal beverage this, of any kind or substance abuse. This episode has been sponsored by. <laughs> yes, right. And and talk to your company, by the way, about a sponsorship. I'm serious. This could be good for them. Okay. we got to talk offline about that shit. But you know what I'm saying about all this? So, yes. So back back to the purity of the, just the, the essence, as you said, the, the, the purity of that music, the power of that song. I mean, just, that's why we love it. Yep. That's what it does to us. Exactly. If nothing else matters for a little while. Amen. That's a tonic. True, true, true. Are you up for another edition of our segment, What Would Dennis Rather? Not to be confused with What Would Dan Rather. Courage. <laughs> he was just on uh, He was just on MSNBC yesterday. 
I think he's 81. Check me on that. Probably same team. Lucid. Oh, my God. Nailed it. So anyway, I'm ready. Ready when you are. <clears throat> I've opened another beer, so I'm, I'm ready. I've got the doers. Unless I, if I need it, I have the doers on the side. Okay. Whoa, we're starting deep on this one. Dennis, would you rather wear someone else's dirty underwear or use someone else's toothbrush? Oh, my God. That's dark. Really? You. Well, it's like, which, which end do you want to contaminate? First of all, let me say this. You fucking awful person. I didn't write this. You're awful. It's damned if I do. Of course. I know what I'd I rather some, some, wear someone else's fucking filthy fucking underwear instead of sticking something in my fucking mouth, you sick pervert who. Especially in COVID land. I, uh, without question. Oh my God! I, what else? God, I hope it is. Ugh. I might go the other way. I might, I, I might prefer the toothbrush. You would? Yeah, I don't know. Let's see what. No, let's no. see what the survey says. So we're gonna no. we're gonna select your dirty underwear, and forty one percent, fifty nine said to use someone else's toothbrush. That's so when was it done though? Yeah. How recent? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Bullshit. Over over the, the years. Yeah. All right, we're going we're going lighter on this one. Uh, oh my God! <laughs> stop! Stop! Stop the noises. Would you rather have a Godzilla-sized girlfriend or a human-sized Godzilla girlfriend? God, that's stupid. We're gonna edit that out. That was dumb. That's one. Yeah. Fifty-fifty uh, was the answer. Just climb all over. Do whatever. Next question. That was easy. What? What's the percentage? It was fifty-fifty. Yeah, it was. What? Part two of this is give me a chance to predict. All right. Okay. okay. Would you rather? 100%. Have the rest of your life broadcast on TV, like the Truman Show, or have no one remember you from day to day? Say what? Say. Would you uh, rather have the rest of your life broadcast on TV, or have no one remember you from day to day? Like. Wow. Nobody remember me from day to day. Just leave me alone. Leave me in peace. Sixty-seven percent. I was leaning the other way, but I, I think, I think you might be right 67% on that. Sixty-seven percent agree with me. Go ahead. What's the number? Twenty-eight percent. People are exhibitionists these days. They want to be seen. Question the data. Well, okay. I question the data. What's the ba- I, I Is it a more young people? Is it is it representative? It's I, it's people stupid enough stupid enough to use an app like this. And now we well, now we have to sit through an ad. So so just I'm, I'm just saying. Now we have to sit through a semi erotic lesbian ad. Okay. Ah, this is a different of uh, senses. Would you rather see the most beautiful thing in the world? Or taste the most delicious thing in the world. See the most beautiful thing in the world. Sixty-seven percent. I'm with you. Fuck. Forty-nine percent said see the most beautiful thing. Fifty-one said they'd rather taste. These are these are fat people. You gotta look. Sorry. You gotta look at your data sample. I don't know about. I. I, I this is. A, I got a question. The data. You're gonna have to give me some facts. Go ahead. One more. Would you rather drive any car you want, or be driven everywhere in any car you want for the rest of your life? Drive any car I want. Of Sixty-seven percent. Yeah, that's an awful. You you land on sixty-seven percent quite often. I've noticed. Fifty-five percent. I agree with. Oh you. God! What the fuck is wrong with people being driven around in the car they love? Hey, I for one, I for one get carsick, and I'm seriously concerned about driverless cars and how that's going to affect motion sickness people yeah all right i think that's enough for would dennis rather for this episode okay. we need some i already we have some show art for would dennis matter would dennis matter would dennis rather but 
We'll have to get like some theme music or something. What would you rather do, my darling? It's your choice. Yes, it's true. What you'd rather do, my darling? It's a choice that will be true. Take me, never leave me. Don't you know it's what to do? Oh, and leave me, oh, my darling. Don't you leave me. Happy blue. Oh, 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 oh. All right. Now we have a theme song. <laughs> Would you rather leave me or whatever? So, Dennis, why were you tardy to class today, young man? To, uh, load up a truck and take the tools and go over and mow a lawn and get in a ladder and remove a bird's nest and then move shit into the garage and then mow the backyard and then load the truck up and then come back and then get ready for the podcast and here I am. Oh my God, I was sweating so much in 92 degree heat. 92 feels like 98 mm-hmm. that my eyes, I kind of went blind, but after all, I was only using a power-driven mower Nothing that I would need to be concerned about. But I will tell you this. I've lost you somehow. Where are you, my man? Is that why you were topless for the first half of the, of the episode? Well, I just I threw some water on my face and put on a, put on a shirt, you know, a clean shirt. It's not going to be clean after I'm done rubbing around in it. So I, it was, my, my last story of the evening is that I'm going to tell you the car story. So I agreed to sell a car for my son who bought it, bought it from my wife who got it from her father-in-law when it was 1995 and or 2000 2005 was a 2004 Cadillac DeVille and my goal was to sell it and so I put it on uh, Craigslist and I had a couple of takers and I wanted 1200 the blue book was 1944 on average people calling back and forth and then my daughter yeah, over two days, I had three calls, two scams. Yep. I will send you a certified check. I'm at my wife's, my daughter's wedding, and will you accept the check? The scam, but not much action. My daughter put it on Facebook. That's like a Godfather it exploded. thing. It exploded. I got eight calls in 15 minutes. I had three people who were on their way over in the first 40 minutes. Jesus. I was selling under Blue Book, Fucking a Facebook. 2004 Cadillac DeVille, no rust. A, a North Star V8 engine. That seems really cheap. Blue Book, fair condition, meaning blemishes, bangs, some shit leaks, windows don't work, carpets are fucking dirty, but engine works, tranny works, AC works, heat works, some shit wrong, electric, windows don't open, whatever. Sounds At like one you. point, this is what I had to do. This is so fucking weird. Imagine, I had to call people back and say, you are customer number one. <laughs> Take a number. If you get here within the time frame you say, no one else can buy the car, but you have to keep your appointment. Then call customer number two and say, if customer one doesn't uh, decide by this time today, you are customer number one, and I will give you 30 minutes. And then customer number three, I had to say, call me tomorrow. Customer number four, 
was very lackadaisical, as was five, as was six. Number one shows up, buys the car with no minutes to spare. <laughs> Customer number two had driven 40 out of 45 minutes to get here, <clears throat> turned around and went home. Caller number three said, oh, okay, well, I won't call you tomorrow then. Sold it. At least you were nice enough to go and tell everybody else that, that the... That's oh, I, well, yeah. The deal was done. $1,100, 11, 11, 11 Ben Franklins. Had a list for 12, took 11. They drive away, and I'm cool, and a guy shows up in my driveway. I get a call. I don't know anybody's in my driveway. I'm in the back of the house. I get a call, and I think it's a butt call, so I hang up. I get another call, but by the time I answer it, there's nobody there. I think somebody's giving me butt calls. I look at my <laughs> list of calls I've received. It's not calls. number one, two, or three. Yeah. It's, it's nobody I know. And then I get it again, and I... This time I answer it, and the guy says, hey, I think I'm out in front of your house. And I look, I walk to the front of the house. I look, I see he's there. He says, I'm here to buy the car. I said, man, I just sold the car. He said, what do you mean, man? I told you I was coming all the way from, from Grand Rapids. It's it's like it's 45 minutes. Right. And I said, no, man, I told you you had to set an appointment. You you, you weren't even one of the top three. You're breaking the rules, bro. You know, and, he, and I look, and I said, shit. I said, I feel terrible for you. You've come so far, and I did, and I explained it. I actually spent some time telling him how bad I felt. You know what he said? He said, oh, it's all right, man. This is kind of what happens, and uh, we're good. You know, thanks for thanks for giving it a shot. And I said, man, you're the best. And and, and, and I, I told him more about how it happened. He sat there. He was out in the front, and I hear his wife. Now your best friends. Whoever, the second driver because he had cash in hand. And, right? and, and she's, I heard her in the first butt call. I don't know, man. I, I think there's issues here. I heard, I heard, I heard her in the that. first call. And I thought, oh, fuck. It's the guy who bought it. It's a butt call oh. from the buyer who bought it. And his wife was driving the car home, who I just sold it to, right? Right? She is the one I hear saying, there's, there's issues here, which makes no sense because they're not together. They're in separate cars. But anyway, this is what I think. Uh-huh. You just, you know, flash on it. Sure. But no, it's this other dude. And, and then I go back and I check my emails. Or text messages, and there he is. I want to buy your car. When can I? When can I buy your car? And I wrote him and I said, I'm available till three today, three tomorrow on the fourth of July, all day Sunday. But you have to call me and set a time and a date. And then a, a text message I didn't see, <clears throat> and it said at this. Now I sold the car at like one thirty. At one o'clock, this other guy just writes me, doesn't call me, nothing specific responds and says, I'm headed that way now. That meant 45. I didn't see that. He's the dude in my driveway who I had just got positive vibes from and he drove away. And then later I checked the email. And I think that I was, I really, I was at some responsibility for not checking that. Right. But I I don't recall seeing an, an alert that I had a text message and whatever. I felt bad for him. But anyway, that's that. That's my car story. It you, was you didn't, chaos. You didn't like offer him a snack or a beer or something. I mean, COVID nineteen. I already had reacted, interacted with people that was trying to social distance. We forgot our masks, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh man. So another interaction. My daughter's like, so did you give him gas money? <laughs> you fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't. Well, listen. This has been fun. I've sang you a song. I've told you final story. I gotta go, bruh. All right. I'm glad your computer, you know, could connect here. This was fun. I love you, man. See you next week. Love you, bro. See you next week. Stay safe. 
All right, that's it for episode number 66 of the Happy Hour podcast. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash happy hour. That would be lovely. You can find all the links to all the Nina Simone videos and things like that at happyhour.fm slash 066. And you guys stay safe out there. Wear your masks. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.